Hello everyone, welcome to the CoinPass podcast. I'm your host, CEO of CoinPass.com, Jeff Hancock, and today we are talking about uh, data-driven opportunities and blockchain and tech. We've got a very special guest, a good friend of mine, Toby Lewis from Novum Insights, uh, who tracks global tech trends using big data uh, to help clients find the next big thing and uh, make strategic business decisions ahead of the curve. Toby is a frontier, a frontier technology market monitoring company. Uh, he's a founder and CEO of Novum Insights and is a repeat entrepreneur, well-known analyst in the fields of blockchain, AI, robotics, fintech, and venture capital. I mean, Toby, thank you very much for coming on the show. It's good to see you, mate. Yeah, great to be here, Jeff. Um, uh, you've been doing a fantastic job with all, all the podcasts. Uh, uh, too kind. Thank you very much for the compliment. I really appreciate it, mate. And uh, tell us what kind of, uh, what are you kind of looking to moment? What is Novin Insights? You know, you're well known in the space for, like I said, data-driven insights, your research development. You're always putting out, you know, really interesting article pieces. I mean, kind of tell us what's the what's the general uh, feel and just of what you're working on at the moment. Yeah, no. So, so we've been going for four years now. Um, providing intelligence to big corporations and investors. We've got clients like um, the Japanese company Hitachi. We work with major banks like Barclays. And then we also deal with sort of crypto investors, blockchain investors, and wider venture capital people. Mm. Um, and when, when I set up the business um, four years ago, uh, I'd been working in, in the venture capital field as an analyst for about 10 years at that point, having started a career sort of tracking private equity and VC at the Wall Street Journal. Um, and the sort of at that time, it was 2016, and I was looking at having built another kind of data science analyst entity. Um, really wanted to find something in the tech space that people thought was interesting, but didn't have a very good idea about. And almost universally, everyone went track blockchain. And it was a real kind of um, going down the rabbit hole moment mm. because I was like, well, it could have been any, it could have been quantum computing. It could have been AI. But we decided let's let's try and get our head around blockchain because there's a lot of data going around it, and and obviously, um, I, I think it's been a um, as someone said to me the other day at, um, about the current crypto market. In crypto, it's either drought or monsoon. <laughs> monsoon, um, and the. So, so, but we very, very quickly from late 2016, if you, you'll probably, a lot of your uh, listeners will, will remember back then that, that sort of Ethereum had just started sort of getting usage, it had done its ICO six months before, and then suddenly the market was flooded with all these new projects, all these new applications that were being built on Ethereum. So we had to wrap our heads around all of that extremely quickly and then have been just in the field mapping finding anything really from from DeFi projects and looking at sort of really sort of uh, um, um, really new things that are spinning up overnight mm. to big enterprise blockchain projects or um, um, sort of how the investment banks are putting in place their custody strategies so we we're running the gamut in what we look at 
um, and, and just trying to go, look, this is what's happening all across blockchain. We also look at AI, fintech, and the circular economy, but but one of our major passions is is the whole blockchain space. And I suppose with the speed and ferocity at which it moves, I mean, especially the DeFi space specifically at the moment, we're seeing yeah. you know forks not just of protocols and tokens. Now we're seeing forks of you know entire ecosystems happen nearly overnight. Um, we've got the 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 yield farming movement. We've got you know still. Uh, very, very big rookie errors, something I, I posted earlier this morning on LinkedIn about you know, a million USDT being burnt going to the wrong contract. I mean, there's still a huge, you know, misclick, fat finger uh, ability that happens with some of these things. Do you think that this sort of, you know, speed at which we're either innovating or, or forking or copying, etc., um, stifles and kind of wastes a lot of that kind of data-driven investment approach? Or is it kind of, you know, adding you know, more and more uh, gravitas to the space of kind of what is possible? Yeah, no, no, 100%. So in the, I think, I think that things, if strategies that help people make money will always do well, right? So, so the, um, I think we, we always struggled um, in the beginning in the market just mm. because of the, um, it was such a speculative um, space. And it, looking back, and I see like almost the DeFi sector is moving even faster than 2017 era. ICO. Oh, totally, totally, yeah. Uh, just because like you say, the exchanges are decentralized, there's new exchanges being effectively spun up. Um, the, 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 it, it's hard to make a sensible decision, but then I think that the, the, the obvious lesson, right, is anyone um, putting money in a, a, at sushi when it was going parabolic like a week and a half ago, um, for instance, uh, I mean, anyone with any experience in the investment world would just go, guys, um, this isn't going to last, right? Like, no. it's kind of like, um, so I think the, the sort of, yeah, we're always chasing to keep up, which is great. But then what we do is we can provide sensible ways of interpreting stuff and we've, we've got a very very exciting um move at the moment where we've actually decided just because of how unique the crypto space is to do a crypto specific spin-off that that we're going to be talking about a lot more in the coming coming months um but the the sort of thinking that we have is like actually Mm. that is where people can get alpha right so you're um you can minimize just by doing a bit of research you can minimize the amount of errors that you make in mm. this landscape right and we have a team of data scientists a cto who's ex-cern and what we do is is help um sort of we're going to be road mapping exactly which of what's behind a lot of these things mm. and then go it for many the doing analysis and taking a more fundamental driven approach will be a smarter strategy than just trying to like wire over 
like 10 ETH to the next token sale, right? Yeah. That's not um, because like you're, you're, you might make 10 to 15 X, but you'll get burnt as well. So, so, so uh, you've got to start making a bit more of a sensible approach. For sure. And with that kind of knowledge and education we're talking about now, I mean, you've mentioned your specific data analysts that are looking at this kind of stuff nonstop and, and cause you said you had a wide reach in terms of uh, blockchain and FinTech, and now you take a crypto specific approach, which would obviously include uh, a DeFi and the DeFi products sitting on those chains. You know, what are the, what is this, I suppose, almost like a cheat sheet of like the, what is the, the fundamentals, as you mentioned, the need to know for someone coming into this space from the, you know, the 10 ETH investor all the way up to the, you know, the 10, 15 million pound fund uh, that want to be, I suppose, active in this space, making active, you know, smart decisions, um, taking on risk, you know, because there is, there's, there's, there's risk everywhere in life between going down to Sainsbury's and picking up something and crossing the street through to making you know, very big money investments. What are the, you know, the, the go-to cheat sheet to knows for, for some of that fundamentals you talk about? Yeah, no. So I think, I think the, the, the basic thing is, 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 is it all of crypto to date has been kind of, um, um, redesigning the air of the plane in midair, right? We've we've got ETH 2.0 coming up, um, and and the the next extension of that. I think you to do well in this space. I think you need to um, over time just get a really good understanding of 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 what actually is going on mm. in the blockchain world. What is possible? What what and and I think that the the key thing is at at the moment um, like quite a interesting investment strategy from the 2016-2017 era was people investing in the protocols right so there was a whole bet on like which protocol was going to win out and we're seeing an interesting evolution of that now right where you've got um, the sort of um, clearly ETH is so dominant in in this current DeFi boom, but the the you you then need to get your head around the fact that um, that ETH is um, ETH transactions are always using gas, and those gas prices have shot up because there's so much activity in the network. So that is, I'd say, almost like the table stakes understanding of there's going to be new ways being developed now mm. although all of the activity going on at the moment or a lot of it is going on in ETH and I think that's then then people are going well what does that lead to which has then led to a lot of the um, excitement around things like Chainlink or Polkadot or Cosmos, yep. or various interoperability chains. So yep. at the moment, we're at the stage of going, well, how does a functioning blockchain crypto economy, what does it look like? Mm. So people need to begin doing quite a lot of research to really begin understanding, like, because, because a lot of projects will put out um, that they're doing... Um, some new exciting formula like a DAG or whatever. And then you need to sort of ha have had a bit of a history of like the promises of, of 
the new protocols that we've seen come and go and and what they've actually done um then you need to then think about what's going to be achievable and built on top of that so yeah. we're um i'm super excited about um the DAO space, for instance, which is um, like decentralized autonomous organizations. So the creation of new new organizations. But I'd say that, that, that anyone coming into this space also should be figuring out how they, how they store their crypto in an easy way, right? So they should be looking at the different wallets. They should be looking at CoinPass versus should they have a MetaMask wallet or should they be um, um, looking for more certainty or a bit more risk? And they also need to look at the regulatory area there because it's pretty unclear as well. So yeah. there's, there's, just a, there's just so much that they need to get their head around. Um, but at the same time, it's really, really easy just to download CoinPass for your KYC ML and and get up and running and buy some crypto it's it's a yeah. funny it's a really funny space that that you can almost get going in a week yeah or a few days. but at the same time there's so much going on in the background. yeah and i think yeah exactly what you kind of said there is you know it, it's just getting involved and starting um and it's for me definitely like i picked up the space you know quite you know easily because i was always in tech i was always in you know, cybersecurity and stuff the ideas of wallets and everything moving around but it wasn't until i actually had the aha moment of actually physically doing it myself now that's from a you know a one-to-one -one investor point of view and you get up to you know a, a family office or a fund level then yeah the, your custody strategy obviously takes over and you're introducing yeah, set of real world complexities to, to, to protect everyone. But it's like, you, you shouldn't really put the horse before the wagon. You need to get started somewhere with a hundred pounds with a thousand, it doesn't really matter. And then if you stick just with Bitcoin and just with ETH, it's, it's a great place to start. And, you know, when you come to you know, the DAO stuff, you know, that stuff's really, really interesting from in terms of governance and how businesses run, how a community develops. Um, and that's where I think the space is becoming more popular now. Uh, if we saw uh, from your example, the, the 2017, 2018 era, uh, which we all you know, lived through, you know, going up a lift, getting a 3% return on a token, you know nothing about, you know, that was that was funny times. Um, and I think now instead of investing in, you know, a business, a community, a, a token for the future, we're investing in networks and we're investing in markets. So if you want to look at, you know, really good returns for passive income, you look at stuff maybe like Compound, you, know, you look at the Make It Down network, uh, and then when you want to dial out the risk and do new stuff and, and start dealing with these more complex tools of, of leverage, yield farming, or, or whatever it's going to be, uh, you can then dial up your risk and dial up your, your knowledge base. There's, there's always something to learn. And from that education point of view that, that I like quite a lot is that I'm, you know, I'm a, a video content junkie. I, I will sit there on, on YouTube and, and uh, Medium on my basically two he most heavily used apps on my phone. And um, I'll sit there and just consume. You know whether it's a popular opinion whether it's a, a new thing that's coming out or just kind of keeping eye on the space it's it's almost a full-time job which i'm sure your analyst guys have their work cut out for them but you know just keeping track of twitter telegram and new stuff that's coming out is there's a lot there and i think that that speed and that trajectory can almost be a little bit off-putting uh, but as you put it you have to start you have to start somewhere in order to engage with this space and i think the longer people leave it the further they're going to be behind yeah, 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 a hundred percent. And I think it is, it is so interesting, right? Mm. So it, it, and and it is, 
and and a lot of people um, in in their first engagement, they buy some Bitcoin, they hold it, right? That's kind of like it's kind of like the entry into crypto. Um, I think a lot of people, um, both from the speculator side and from the entrepreneurial side, are, are excited by DeFi and the token market because it is kind of um, um, effectively crowdfunding on steroids, right? Like it's it's a um, it's a way for people to get their projects and ideas out there. And what most excites me about the whole DeFi boom is you can go on Uniswap or one of these other platforms mm. uh, and effectively with like 500 or a thousand pounds, a entrepreneur with a concept can effectively put their token idea out there into the world. Mm. And if the community buys into it, yeah. that that token can be very, very valuable very, very quickly. Yeah. And um, rightly or wrongly, um, I think that's super exciting. Right? Yeah. Like you and me have both been entrepreneurs for a long period of time. It's never been easier to secure um, capital in uh, in in a way and i think i think what what will then come is the regulators and people are going to go whoa yeah. this is kind of like actually like there's been this whole series of memes um being the the fa most famous one but like if you're in crypto in a big way like we are it's just like a continuous stream of junk kind yeah. of it's like, finding those gems which is the, t the, the the tricky bit yeah and i think that's the the but there are a lot of gems, and the um, the reality is like like a lot of the projects that we knew in 2016, 2017, and were excited by, are now above the amount they 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 um, um, raised at at that moment. Right? Yeah. So a there's a really in, and and some of them buy a hell of a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, so it has been like a lot of the good projects just stuck at it mm. and kept doing stuff, even when they had like the SEC wading in and trying to pretty much kill off the market. A lot of these groups just dealt with a lot of huge regulatory uncertainty for startups. Mm now around as projects well capitalized and doing cool stuff and building stuff so i think it's it's been a really interesting wet fit process of how the market's evolved mm. and i think you're going to just see a tidal wave of innovation coming out of this as well as jokes scams and and hopefully people um will become a bit less naive in how they engage yeah, hopefully that comes uh, exactly back to to um, the uh, the education point we came to as well. You know, the scamming stuff, the the cold calling, all the other stuff. Where it's it's clearly you know there might be a, a an upswing or there might be a potential there uh, because it looks too good to be true, and it usually is. Um, a lot of stuff on Facebook gets a lot of airtime where it just clearly shouldn't. 
and uh, unfortunately, it kind of taints a lot of the new the new people coming into the space, which is what you know the space needs is more people. We're still at you know around a half percent global population. Uh, we need to get above one, above two, above three percent uh, to really see not just a boom in the market for for early investors, but for you know even increased innovation. The really really smart people in fintech um, and other parts of finance and and development uh, they're still not here because they see crypto as a bit of an outlier. So, you know, we want the community to grow and bring really, really good people in. And uh, while we're talking about memes, what's the one at the moment is if you um, could, uh, if you couldn't make it in, in uh, Wall Street, you ended up in crypto. And now it's kind of the opposite of that. If you can't make it in crypto, you end up in Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I suppose when we talk about that, that, that kind of relates a lot back to market sentiment. And, um, you know, does that does the market sentiment analysis ever become a part of kind of your data set or are you kind of looking at more you know project level market level protocol level uh style and information that goes into your into your research so we, we've already started looking at um tracking every single like we've now got fifteen thousand blockchain projects both startups and tokens and um look at um tracking sentiment around um their reddit their twitter mm. uh, and are really keen to build out that part of of what we look at um i think it is such a hugely um um sentiment driven market right so there's a there is a there is a tipping point um where um it's it, 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 it's funny because like it, is it like there is a there is a like is it, is it does sentiment reflect or is it leading right but, but yeah exactly is it is it a trailing indicator or a, or a leading yeah. one yeah and I think it can but be it, both I think technically it could be both depending on the situation yeah yeah um and and clearly it is right there are very good analysis traders but at the same time it, it's 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 a harder metric it, it it's a good indicator but i i, I think that the the um there's always the jury's always been out on sentiment analysis as a trading strategy um as the only one but it's mm. a really really interesting data set right and i think it's only going to get more interesting and complex and there's there's all sorts of interesting things you can do as things mushroom out as mm. well you could you can look um um at crawling uh keyword trends and this kind of thing to start figuring out where interesting sort of new anomalies are popping up mm. and spot them and ride them right but again it's quite a dangerous strategy as well because yeah. if you think of how how quickly sushi rose and fell right it's kind of a i mean it's still around but the the it, it went up from near zero to a billion and then back to 100 million kind of thing pretty quickly um uh, which is it's a very dangerous thing to try and yeah ride, ride that thing as it's on that yeah sort of trajectory yeah accurately and, and taking care of capital I mean, you literally have to be finger on the trigger at all times which is uh not only stressful but near impossible it, like the um i had a friend of mine who was a trader in the us and his entire trading strategy was trump tweets that's all he would do <laughs> that's all he would do 
uh not for me personally but you know he he, he did quite well from it and um yeah we, we talk we kind of sl slightly back to the the sentiment, the sentiment analysis and, and and data driven is um where, where are you traditionally sourcing your your kind of data that goes into your repository this might be kind of behind the veil a little bit so you could be a bit opaque if you like but kind of what what are the the main mediums that that go into some of those kind of decks that you prepare for either uh you know your family offices all the way up to your, your large banks yeah so we, we have all sorts of different apis right um so we look at um the uh the the startup landscape, the crypto landscape. I mean, I, I think they're well known. Um, um, so, so we obviously like Crypto Compare, CoinGecko, things that people can go out and almost you can you can pretty instantaneously get hold of those APIs, and then we augment them. Um, at, at the same time, we do scraping of particular project websites. We look at um, the the sentiment analysis side. We crawl GitHub's. I think that's um, that's a really interesting area of the space as well, right? Is is like you can actually be pretty soundly like we know someone who um, um, went in fairly early to YFI, and they actually went they did it in a kind of almost um, fundamentally driven way. They went down into the GitHub, looked at it and went, actually, this makes sense how Wi-Fi sort of firing um, to different yield farming strategies. And so they, they backed it, even though it was on the up trajectory and had gone up 10x from where, where it had gone. So I think you can, you can begin to make relatively yeah. intelligent decisions by looking there. Um, um, but yeah, all sorts of different sources. We're always looking for new ideas. We're, we're, we're diligencing various like blockchain level APIs. We're, we're looking at, um, at the moment, we're looking at tracking all the Uniswap data. There's just different, different areas where, um, and what I think is super exciting about the whole blockchain space is it just throws off a ton of data. Mm. A lot of really open source. It's um, it, it 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 is a data driven economy, and I think it's it's to your concern. There's this kind of parallel world, the crypto world and the real world. I think as people begin to understand that that the, the crypto world is this this kind of new dataverse, um, I think people will get really excited about that. You have to note that one down. Dataverse. That's a really good term. Dataverse. Toby Lewis, 2020. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> very, very good. No, I mean that's that's it's absolutely true. I mean, and this is where you know a lot of that economy is kind of going, whether it's just crypto or not. We see you know big data in AWS and in and in Google with you know we're talking just purely trading and and, and investment data here and and other sorts of sentiment, but. Uh, big data and I suppose analysis of that big data and understanding of it and pulling out, you know, a uh, a very short opinion on a very complex model is kind of the goal. And this is where AI steps in massively as well. Uh, putting in that, that level of machine learning to understand, you know, this is what's happened in the past with this and this is what could happen in the future with why. Um, how do we get some, you know, meaningful opinions out of that? And I think that, that, that side's really, really interesting to me. Um, 
it's something I, I, I wish I had more time to learn about, but it is just such an enormous topic. Um, I think just seeing the, uh, the the green tick on the mobile phone screen is kind of what 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 uh, where I'll be and what I need. <laughs> and uh, when it comes to the, we'll, we'll just finish on this. When it comes to the very very top end of the spectrum, you know, the investment banks, the the big players, you know, we mentioned uh, really early on uh, about their you know readiness, and it's about kind of the custody side of it. Uh, what else do you think they're really going to need in terms of this data driven economy, the education, the knowledge bringing on board, uh, working with people like Novum Insights to really kind of get them into a investment and in, in I suppose, trading uh, level of readiness uh, in what we're going to be talking about? Well, well, I think it's interesting, right? Like you, you and I both know some of the people at the, the major banks who almost wear a crypto hat, right? Mm. Uh, and we'll have so, to we'll have teams that are looking out for this stuff. But like, mm, not yet, not yet, not yet. I'm like, well, when? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think the 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 OCC announcement was a big deal, mm. right? A couple of months ago, um, where where they're where they're um, um, effectively going to be looking at custody. I think the the custody angle, I think, will be how a lot of them go into it initially because they have. Um, high net worth clients, family offices who have already made the leap into crypto and um, they're effectively custodying um, a lot of those clients' assets and then they're going to go, well, you look after this and this is paraphrasing our mutual friend Angus, but like uh, you look after all my assets, so why, why shouldn't you, you, you look after um, the other one? And I think yeah. that is uh, that existing and, that existing strong relationship. Yeah, and so I think it it could the banks that don't begin to custody crypto, if someone's sitting on a billion dollars of of assets or a hundred million dollars of crypto or whatever, you you cannot lose that account. If no, you're a, no, you can't. Yeah, exactly. I agree. And and so and they will do. If it, and so because like actually like because if 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 UBS for example decides it can't custody crypto but Credit Suisse does um, then it doesn't really matter what it doesn't matter what the cost and the fees are like you don't do it and this one does I have an account there as well so I will move not just my crypto business but I'll probably move the rest of my business with me yeah 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 so. I think that's going to start to interplay with the banks, um, and and there's enough people who have made enough money in crypto. And if this bull, the the longer this bull run carries on, the bigger the market becomes. Mm. Uh, you could well see in this rally, crypto becoming a trillion dollar market. Of course, the banks are going to want to be the big boys in that yard because mm. if not. Um, there's a whole market where they're not involved. Yeah, exactly. It's a market that will continue to evolve. It has evolved for 10 years from very small origins and community based to, you know, becoming, there are some already some big players in the game that have, you know, multiple millions in volume per day or hundreds of millions per volume per day. Uh, and it will continue to evolve. And with increased regulation, there will be, you know, there's places in, you know, uh, some jurisdictions right now that, you know, an exchange or, you know, a, a custody provider or whatever can be treated the same as a financial institution. So as fintech continues to evolve, you know, those financial institutions can start to add on traditional 
banking and traditional custody and that kind of thing and they're already a competitor without having to do you know the hundred or hundred or year hundred or so years worth of work to gain that kind of trust um, that other people have uh, just back to exactly what we said you know these people do it and these people don't i can have my bank account there and my crypto and my other assets why would i not work with these guys oh and it's only going to cost me 30 basis points a year hmm. yeah no so so 100 yeah. percent. i think it um and and as you see cost savings as you see disruption it's it's so intriguing um now when i get to do a bank transfer at, versus a crypto transfer the the cost and the hassle involved in an international bank transfer can be really annoying but, exactly um, yeah that was one my big light bulb moment in crypto when it was going to cost me what a week and 100 pounds of barclays it was going to cost me four or five days and about 60 pounds with an fx provider or i could do it myself in nine minutes for less than a dollar you know um it really does you know highlight some of the uh the inefficiencies uh as well as some of the bureaucracy in in some of that international international movements and uh, we understand why it's there it's anti-money laundering it's all that kind of stuff um mm -hmm. but it simply it just kind of gets in the way yeah no and it's it is bizarre um yeah it's it and that is the worrying thing about the crypto universe is how we how we move over to that com fully mm. compliant landscape or not necessarily like the whole burden of that but like um it's a very interesting conversation about how DeFi and factor tie up mm. um um the sort of u.s anti-money laundering sort of legislation and that is very strict and mm. it's very scary you do not get on the wrong side um uh, and at the same time you want all this innovation to continue so yeah. it's it's kind mm -hmm. of a um it's interesting times yeah and i think that's a really really good spot to end the podcast for today i know we could probably go on for, for for hours and hours about this and that's why that's reserved for the pub uh or one of the the social meetups that we come to uh which i think will hopefully you know fingers crossed start to happen again before the new year um so toby i really thank you for taking the time to come on the on the show today uh any kind of last words what you're up to how people get in touch yeah, no, no, no. So uh, always, always very happy. People can go to the NobleInsights.com website. Um, yeah, I, I think fantastic interview. Really, really looking forward to this uh, podcast uh, continuing with CoinPass and uh, um, um, it discussion <laughs> not a problem and if uh you'd like to be a guest on the show one day uh drop us a tweet at, at coinpass global drop us an email at podcast at coinpass.com uh, and as always to all our viewers and our guest toby uh thank you very much for your time and i'll see you on the next one bye bye yeah bye